Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Search Engine Nerds. I'm your host, Brent Satoris, and today we are joined by Greg Gifford, who is a world-renowned local SEO expert who I have known for many, many years and is really on the cutting edge of what's happening in local SEO. Um, we're going to be diving into uh, Google My Business specifically, some of the new features, some of the things you really need to consider, and some of the tricks and, uh, and hacks that will help you get ahead. I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Hey Greg, uh, great to have you on the show. Really, really excited to kind of talk to you about this this topic today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So recently, I saw you on Gag. We were both speaking at Ungagged, and uh, you know, I'll be honest, I don't always make it to every session. But I sat in on your session. I was really, honestly, blown away. Like I, I've always known you're, you're super smart and it's super, you know, uh, knowledgeable when it comes to local SEO. But I was really blown away by your presentation, and so I wanted to have you on the uh, on the, the episode to kind of share with with some of our listeners. Some of the aspects that I saw, and, and primarily what I'm talking about is, you know, there's a lot of things when it comes to local SEO that I think most of us envision as being just like a, a little change or a little adjustment or, you know, oh, local SEO is just, you know, SEO only you're, you're targeting some local stuff. But when you, we were going through your presentation, there was things like, you know, local links and the importance of local links yep. over just general links. And there was things like different types of content and the, the local content signals and reviews. And it really started getting into a lot of different aspects, which I think we could diatribe into, you know, for hours on each one of these areas. But one of the areas I think really stuck out to me and I want to talk about today is Google My Business. And the reason that really resonated with me is the fact that, you know, Google said many years ago, I think it was like seven years ago now, they said five years, there won't be websites, right? So their timeline's a little off, but the idea was we're, we're seeing a, a less dependency on a quote unquote website to be your end all, you know, kind of platform. And we're seeing this transition with search into mobile devices, into different, you know, use cases where yep. the data is more important than ever. And, and so Google My Business really does seem to be something that if you were going to put your, you know, investment, you know, into something that's kind of a little bit future proof right now, Google My Business seems like a, a newly kind of opened area for people to really incorporate into their local SEO and their SEO strategies in general, but especially with local SEO. So I want well, it's not even really new. It's been around. It's just that, you know, like you said, most people always thought of SEO and local SEO as kind of the same thing. And Local SEO is really almost a completely different set of tactics. And, you know, it used to be Google Places, then it was Google My Business, and it's always kind of been around, but it's really moved more into the forefront lately. And it's crazy because unless you really have someone that's skilled at SEO working with you, most small business owners out there don't even know what the heck it is. Yeah, and or they're accidentally falling into it. Like you see somebody will get into it and they'll realize, oh, I can post articles to Google. It's like, right. you know, very interesting. There's a ton of features. So, I mean... That kind of leads into my first question is like, there are always a hundred things that people are being told to focus on. Where is Google My Business in, in the scope of local SEO today and where is it going over the next year or two? Oh, it's massively important, especially because most people that concentrate on local SEO are, are really looking at that map pack with the map and the three results underneath. And according to the local search ranking factor study that just came out at the end of last year, the biggest chunk of signals that matter for showing up in that map pack is stuff related to Google My Business. And it's not as important for showing up in the localized organic, but it's still important. And the main thing that, that I've been talking about for the past 
I don't know, six months at conferences that I try to get across to people is your website is no longer your first impression with customers. It's your Google My Business. So we're saying that your Google My Business profile, that knowledge panel that shows up whenever you Google the name of your business, that's your new home page. And you see all these different conference presentations lately talking about zero-click search where you, you get all of this traffic and all of these interactions without people going to your website. And the best example of that is Google My Business because all the people that used to go to your website to get your phone number or to get your address to get directions or to check out pictures of your business or to read testimonials, they can see all of that in your Google My Business profile and there's no need to go to your website anymore. Well, you made an interesting point there as well that, that some people might qualify themselves out with and that's that, well, it doesn't affect necessarily uh, your local organic listings, but it, it affects the map pack, right? But I, I think it's important for people to really hone in on the fact that it doesn't matter anymore what you think is important. It matters what people exactly. see first, right? And, and, and a lot of people are not going to the organic listings with the no-click results, right? That's the important thing to remember is that we're not in a place where that should be your, met, your, your metric anymore. You should be really yep. looking at how do I perform anywhere? And I think that Google My Business definitely has that. So do you see it continuing? in that in that way oh 100 oh. so we all know that google has moved you know from years and years ago to just keyword to keyword matching and now it's an entity-based search platform and your google my business is a direct interface with your entity as it exists in google's database so you're logging into google and saying hey this is the definitive info about my business related to how you think it should show up in search, Mr. Google. So it's absolutely imperative that everybody, you know, it's it's crazy how many businesses out there still haven't claimed their listing. And so you've got to claim your listing. You've got to optimize your listing. You've got to throw in photos and you, you've got to, you know, put in the questions and answers and put in your description. It's a direct interface to Google saying, this is information about my entity online. It's It's just a no brainer that it's only going to continue to be one of the most important elements of showing up in local searches. Now, I made a kind of a pretty broad statement earlier, and I said, you know, Google wants to get rid of your websites, or, you know, we want to kind of make it, you know, uh, the reliance on websites a little less. But, you know, that's that's just, uh, is, that a, is that a broad stretch statement? Or, or do you feel like, you know, this is the precursor to not needing a website. Do you, do people still need to focus on their website first or should they be focusing on Google My Business and reviews and things like that before they even really focus on their their website and their, you know, kind of organic SEO efforts? You know, it kind of depends on the vertical. Like, you know, I work pretty much with car dealers almost exclusively and car dealers are always going to need a website. When you're buying you know, the second biggest purchase of your life, you're going to want that website with that information so you can go in and do your research and figure out what you want. But, you know, if you're buying toilet paper, you don't really need a website. You know, we're moving, especially with, you know, voice assistance, you're just saying, hey, Alexa, or hey, Google, buy me more toilet paper. But, you know, I always, I, I look at it too of, you know, what do I do when I travel? Because I travel to all these conferences and I can't tell you the last time I went to a restaurant's website. Now, they all have websites, but I mean, does anybody really go to restaurant websites anymore? Because all you have to do is do a search and you're either looking them up on Yelp or you're looking them up on Google and then you're getting all of that top line entity information from their Google My Business profile and you can view their menu and do all of these things and even book a table without ever going to their website. So I think for certain verticals, 
we really are approaching a time where, yeah, you probably need a website if people want to really go and check you out. But for that really top level, fast touch stuff, people aren't ever going to go to your site. They're just going to look at you on Google. So to clarify a distinction between those two, let's say you, you are going to have a website, but you have a finite amount of time to put into something, right? So I could put up a website. I could put up some information about my restaurant. I could put up some stuff. But do I spend a lot of time keyword researching or working on, you know, the content, you know, is it my ranking for this long tail or am I, you know, how, how do you, you know, where do people make that priority between Google My Business and some of this, this, this type of effort versus optimizing on-page elements for the website? Yeah, again, I think it, it really, it really comes down to the vertical that you're in. So, you know, if you're a restaurant owner, I don't think you really worry about that too much anymore. Now, obviously, like I said, you want to have it. I mean, I do some freelance work for a friend of mine that owns a, a really awesome bar in San Diego. And, you know, they've got a crazy list of tequilas. So they have a whole section on their site about tequilas. So that's obviously important for somebody that's looking for a really in-depth, you know, massive tequila list. But for the general public, you're looking for a cool bar. Maybe you don't need to go to the website anymore. Uh, you know, it. I really think it depends on, you know, if you're going to order a pizza, do you even go? You don't go to the Domino's website. You probably have the Domino's app or the Pizza Hut app or the Papa John's app, or you know you're searching for pizza delivery near me, and you're just calling one because you can just call and say, "Hey, I want this pizza." So, I I, I think it really just comes my, down. My, to my thing's even going into Speakable. I'm trying to get my favorite set up to where I'm exactly. like, uh, you know, order my regular Papa John's order. You know, yeah, because you're ordering the same thing right, every yeah. time. Why go through the clunky nature of even using the app? You know, a lot of those apps, you know, pizza delivery is an example. A lot of them have, you know, just redo your last order because why make you pick everything out if you know you want the exact same thing again? Exactly. So it's, it's more convenience factor and it, it just depends on the industry. I think everybody's probably mostly going to still have a website for the foreseeable future. It's just, I think you have to realize that a lot of that interaction is going to happen off of your website, and that's why Google My Business is so important. So website or not, Google My Business is super important. I think we, we agree with that. But I think that we're using a phrase that encompasses a lot of understood features. Can you go through some of the core, like what are some of the core features that somebody should be you know, engaging with when they're going into Google My Business? Yeah, so it's really important. Obviously, you've got to fill out all the top line information about your business. So that would be you know, the name of your business. Make sure your address is correct. Make sure your map pin placement is correct. Make sure you've got a phone number on there. And then make sure you've got the right categories chosen. So it's really important that you pick the right categories that matter for your business. You've got to upload photos. You've got to, you, you can upload videos. You don't have to, but I definitely suggest it. And then that's where all of your reviews live on Google. So that's a massively important feature that every business should pay attention to because that's going to you know, not only have an effect on how you show up and where you're ranked, but it has an effect on you know, are customers going to want to come to you. You, know, you could be the, the number third ranked thing in the map pack, but you've got twice as many reviews and a much better review score, then people are probably more likely to, to click through to you or to call you you know, in that situation. And then now we've got the new questions and answers feature, which is actually pretty scary because most business owners don't know about it. And it shows up right under your top line information and it allows anyone in the community to ask a question to your business. And the scary part is anyone in the community can answer that question. So you see all these questions that are coming in from 
customers or potential customers that just assume that the business is paying attention and the business isn't and some random jackhole in the community is coming in and putting a snarky answer. So that's a whole kind of customer service and reputation side of things that's really scary right now for a lot of businesses. And, you, and then you were saying on, on two of those things, just to kind of cut in real quick, you actually made some really good points. And, and this is why I really wanted you on is that you have this kind of in, in really depth is that like in category picking, a lot of people don't pick the right categories, right? They oh, actually, yeah. You know, they go You've in and they pick the wrong You've got 10 slots for categories yeah. and a lot of people are going to go in and just try to fill them up. And one thing, you know, for example, that we see all the time in automotive is car dealers will say, well, we appraise the value of your used car when you trade in your used car. So they pick appraisal service as a category. But Google knows that an appraisal service is a very specific type of business that has absolutely nothing to do with selling cars. So then, you know, you've got mismatched categories there and no one's ever going to search for your dealership as an appraisal service. But then we see car dealers all the time where, you know, it may be a Ford dealership and the only category they choose is Ford dealer, where they should also be selecting just car dealer as a general category. They should be doing used car dealer. They should be doing truck dealer and used truck dealer and auto service and auto repair. So there's all these categories that, you know, typically will apply to different verticals that they're not necessarily choosing. And another big thing is your primary category, the first one that you choose carries more weight. So you want to be strategic in what you're putting there if you're a business that has multiple categories. So I just did a video recently for our video series and uh, talked about the fact that, you know, if you're a Ford dealer and you're in a really crowded market like Dallas, you probably want to put Ford dealer as your primary category because you're competing against 15 or 20 other Ford dealers in the whole, you know, metro area. But if you're a Ford dealer in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming and there's not another Ford dealer for 100 miles in any direction, you'd probably want to put used car dealer as your primary category because that's where you're really fighting against all of your local competition. There's, so there's a lot of intricate pieces like that that it's it's really important to know. It's just, like I mentioned earlier, if you don't have some sort of a marketing person working with you, most small business owners just have no clue. Yeah, and we can't get into it because of time, but I, I would highly recommend listeners reach out to Greg if you want to you know, figure out how you can see what your competitors are choosing for their categories because you have some pretty cool tips for stuff like that. Yeah, well. there's a really cool kind of easy way to but I'll, I'll, I'll let maps. people hit you up on that you know, kind of separately because, I mean, you, you've also mentioned reviews, which... I think that, you know, it's amazing to me how some of the most basic things we just skip because we don't think of it as fitting into a marketing formula and we're trying right. to do the formula, right? But the reality is reviews are everything, right? People, you know, you really, I, I, I see reviews as like the simplest first step, like go and get reviews and avoid exactly. negative reviews and fix But a lot of people reviews. are scared of them. Yeah, but like you said, I mean, even with going in and answering, like you have advice that you give, you know, through some of your presentations, it's like, hey, you know, you can set up answers to known questions and control that. And a lot of the, the answers that show to the question are based on votes. So if you get one or two votes, you know, on a answer that you like, then it's likely to show up higher. So there, there's, right. there's really easy ways to kind of sculpt reviews and kind of get yourself in, in, in the right foot, but if people don't know about it, then they don't know about it. So how, how does, um, 
you know, do you want to talk about that a little bit on reviews? Like what, what yeah, are some sure. of the ways that you would recommend people to kind of get in and start playing? You know, to, somebody's going to go look at their reviews. They're like, crap, I've got a couple of bad ones. Or, you know what? I have nothing or I have no question and answer stuff going on. How, how would you advise people to kind and of bad reviews that? aren't actually a bad thing. So a lot of research points to the fact that you kind of want your review score to fall between a 4.2 and a 4.5. Because if you've got a perfect five-star review rating, people almost kind of just assume that it's fake reviews because everybody knows nobody's perfect and everybody's going to screw up every once in a while when it comes to customer service or you're going to have some jackhole that comes in that's just naturally grumpy and going to give you a crappy review because they're not a nice person. So it's not really bad to have a bad review. It shows that you're human and what matters is how you respond to that review. But what's really important is don't be scared to ask everybody for review because I talk to businesses all the time you know, in every vertical and they're like, well, we don't want to ask because that means we'll get more bad reviews. Well, that's not really the case because you know, if I go eat a taco and there's a Band-Aid in the taco, you can be totally sure I'm going to go leave a bad review for that restaurant. But if I have a taco and it's the best taco I've ever had, I'm not necessarily going to leave a review. But if the waiter sees me and says, wow, you look like you're enjoying that taco – and I say, yeah, it's the best taco I've ever had in my life. And he says, well, cool. Would you mind leaving us a review on Google? Well, then I'm definitely going to do it. So the ask is what's really important. you got to ask every single customer. And then you have to make it really easy for them to leave a review. So you don't want people to have to figure out how to Google, go to Google and do it. So typically, you want to set up a page on your site. So you know it would be you know, yourdomain.com slash reviews that every employee knows, hey, if somebody needs to leave a review, that's where they go. And then that page has simple messaging that says, hey, we appreciate your business. Let us know how we did. And then it lists out the different options where they can leave reviews. So you've got Google and Facebook and Yelp and all the other review sites that might matter for that vertical. So that way it's really easy to ask and really easy to tell them where to go. And then you're much more likely to get a lot of positive reviews. And a lot of people worry about negative reviews. But I mean, one thing that Jay Bear was able to do with some of his studies is identify that, you know, something like only 5% of people complain when given the opportunity to complain. So like a lot of times, if you're asking somebody for a review and they're positive, they're almost always going to do it as a kind of a, an accolade to the fact that they're happy about what you're doing. But if they are asked to give a review and they weren't really happy about it, only about 5% will actually go and leave that bad review. The other ones will just leave no review. So right. it's not as bad as a 50-50. I'm going to get a 50-50. You really have a pretty good chance of getting more good than bad. And, and, and the other thing is interesting. Have you ever seen you know people really focus in on the fact that people always look for the neg review, negative review? So it oh, gives, yeah, you, well, it gives you an opportunity, I mean, right, to like really yeah, say it's, something. Yeah, it's an opportunity. When you answer that review, it's important to remember when you're putting a response up to a bad review, your response is absolutely not for the person that left the bad review. Your response is for the rest of the world that wants to see how you handled that situation. So you should definitely you know, try to rectify the situation offline with whoever that customer is, but your response shouldn't be just a generic Hey, we're sorry you had a bad experience. We strive for great customer service. Call us here and we can talk to you because that doesn't that's a generic response. Be honest. If you screwed up, say you screwed up, you know, be be authentic so that the people that are out there, they're not going to read through your 500 positive reviews because they don't care. They know that your five-star reviews are going to say you're great. What they want to see is your bad reviews. And do you have multiple bad reviews? that complain about the same thing where maybe you're just not paying attention to a certain aspect of your business? Or is it a couple of bad reviews from just bad seeds that are grumpy? Or did you know what? Maybe you screwed up and somebody caught you on it, 
but then you came back and you were honest. You said, you know what? We did screw up. We dropped the ball, but here's what we did to fix things. So yeah, those bad reviews are actually really important. Yeah, it's funny how many times you see a bad review that has nothing to do with the company. It's like UPS didn't deliver when they said they'd be here. I was like, how does that have anything to do with Amazon? Like, you know, it's like, you know, this product has nothing to do with UPS. You know, they have no way of controlling when they deliver or don't deliver, you know? Exactly. Uh, So yeah, I think that's awesome. So uh, as always, um, you know, a lot of great information, but kind of to round out the show, I really wanted to ask you, you know, you're deep into Google My Business and there's probably some things in there that people really haven't played with that that would be worth their time. Is there an element of Google My Business right now that's kind of like that hidden gem that people should start paying attention to? I would say both Google Posts and Google Questions and Answers. Uh, Both of them equally are fairly new and really important and really help you stand out from competitors. So as far as Google Posts go, it's something where you can put up a little post and it shows up as a thumbnail image at the bottom of your profile that then people can click on and it enlarges the image and you get more text. So I would suggest every business out there do at least one post a week. The post will last for seven days and then disappear. So you can just do one a week and be fine. But it helps you stand out from your competitors if you're going to put promotional offers there. And then the other one, questions and answers that I already mentioned earlier, shows up just below your top line info. And you can load in your own questions. So you know every business should look at it. You know, Like I said earlier, your Google My Business profile is your new home page. And it's your first impression that you're making with potential customers. So create a pre-site FAQ page and take all of your frequent questions and throw them into Google My Business and then put your own answers there. And then that way, when people are looking at you, again, they're not going to come to your site to read your FAQ page. But if you've got those questions right there in your profile, they're much more likely to read them. And so it gives you a better first impression and lets you control that conversation and first impression. Now, is there anything in the posts or the question answers right now that is an SEO tactic? I mean, is it using keywords? I mean, we've seen that reviews, sometimes no. reviews have the right keywords that can help you. But is there anything from those areas where keywords matter? Uh, keywords don't matter in any of those. There's been some anecdotal evidence from some local SEO agencies that consistent use of posts seems to sometimes give a little bit of a boost in rankings. Nobody's really been able to prove it. Half the top local SEO people say that it works. Half the others say that you know it's other factors. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't. I don't really think it gives you much of a boost in visibility or rankings, but I think it gives you a boost in interaction because we all know that customers or potential customers don't just get on Google and find the first business that ranks number one and do business with that business. They're going to look around and do research. So if we're talking local businesses and that local panel is going to be pulling up, yours stands out if you've got that. And yours stands out if you've got 15 questions and answers that are awesome and really informative about your business. And so does it help you rank better? Probably not, but it's going to help you get a heck of a lot more click-throughs. It's like great AdWords copy. Absolutely. I think that's great advice. So Greg, as always, man, it's a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of information. And I think this is one of those areas that's just going to continue to explode. And I hope that everybody's listening really takes the, the initiative to kind of go out and really you know, register your Google My Business, get in there, fill it out, learn it, take the time. Greg, people want to follow you. They want to find you. They want to ask you questions. They want to find out a little extra tips and tricks and stuff. Where, where can people find you online? Twitter's the way to go. A lot of people try to get with me on LinkedIn, uh, which I'm just slash Greg Gifford, but I'm really, I I check LinkedIn maybe once a month. I'm just really awful at it. But Twitter's where I usually am, and that's just at Greg Gifford. Uh, That's the best way to, to catch me and interact with me. 
Perfect. Uh, Greg, it's a pleasure. I really enjoyed having you on here. Uh, everybody listening, we're going to take and put as much of the resources from this as we can into the, the recap post when this comes out. So if you're listening to this and you want to find some more resources, go find the post on Search Engine Journal and find the resources that we're going to post in there and, and hopefully that will help you out. Greg, thanks again for joining me. I, I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a good time. Cheers. <laughs>